times. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. That's in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 and 5. Please be seated. Last week was a key week. Uh, we talked about the Holy Spirit, because Jesus talked about the fact that all believers should be able to speak with new tongues. Let me say this. This is so important. In Romans chapter 6, verse 17, the scripture says, But God be thanked. We thank God that you were, not now, you were a slave of sin. You're no longer a slave, but you were. Sin was your master. God be thanked that you were a slave of sin. Yet you obeyed. Even in that state, you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. So the form of doctrine that is delivered to you matters. Yet, you obeyed, not just listening, but obey from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Somebody has to give you the form of doctrine. So it's not every word that you hear is the doctrine of God. There is a form of doctrine that you should obey. And if you obey that form of doctrine, it says, And having been set free from sin. So it's the form of doctrine that you receive that frees you. If you receive a different form of doctrine, you may never know freedom. In God. So it's the form of doctrine that made you a slave of righteousness. You know what that means? A slave of righteousness. Now righteousness is taking hold of your life. And you can't help yourself but obey your master. And your new master is righteousness. That's the way God has put it. You can go to church all your life. But until you get a hold of that form of doctrine, you may never know righteousness before God. So it's the form of righteousness. That's why we must never think about what do you think. It's not what you think. It's what the scripture says. It's what God says. You don't have to accept my opinion but you have to, if I'm saying it from the word of God. And if you turn away from what I'm saying from the word of God, you're not turning from me. You don't offend me. You don't have to deal with me. You have to deal with him. And yourself. Because you'll never find freedom. And the Bible tells us, you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. 
And so that's what we're trying to say from the word of God. Mark chapter 16 verse 17 says, And these signs follow those who believe. So if you are a believer, and I believe most of us here are, you don't have to look for the signs. They are already a part of your life. You just don't they know it. These signs follow those who believe. In my name they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. I remember praying with two different individuals in my office this week, after last Sunday's message, and they, they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the baptism that Jesus gave, and, and they spoke in tongues powerfully. And I've already realized, and I've been like in Africa preaching, I watch these kids, these people as they come to receive Christ. But after they've received Christ, immediately, because that's the way it was done in the New Testament. After you receive Christ, they don't waste time. They want you to receive the Holy Spirit. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Man has changed that. And they want you to stay around for a while. Let's teach you this and that. No, if you believe the Lord, you should receive the Holy Spirit. And then you should be able to speak with other tongues. And the Spirit is the one that gives utterance. And I've watched them when you see them. Over there, in the, uh, as you minister the word of God to them, and, and you, uh, they watch you. <laughs> like they said, they, they, they follow you with their eyes. And, and they, they're waiting. And they don't sit back. They sit at the edge of the chair. It's like, when are you going to be quiet so we can receive what you're telling us God's going to give to us? And, and you can watch them. Those of them that are so intense. And, and as soon as you tell them, just like we saw in the prison, as soon as you tell them it's time to pray, they receive such powerful baptism from heaven. Go back two years later. Guess who you find leading in the church? Those individuals. But those timid ones that come in, and sometimes you are praying for them, they're praying for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Angel and I watch the videos. You will see the unbelieving believers. While the others are praying in tongues, they have one of their eyes open, and they're looking around and we see what's going on. Nothing happens. But then he says, they shall take up serpents. In the name of Jesus, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it shall by no means hurt them. They lay hands on the sick and they recover. Now, I'm not telling you to go up and looking for rattlesnakes to prove that you are Christian. But think about it. Did he mean what he said to us? Was he kidding when he said that those words to us? They shall take up serpents. We don't go looking for serpents. But I truly believe that you need and you and I need to believe what Jesus said because it's true. You don't have to look for serpents. But if you are beaten by a serpent, you don't have to worry that you're going to die. Whether there is a doctor close by or there is no doctor or hospital close by, we need to believe what Jesus told us. Don't try to reason it out. That's where we miss it. That's where we don't see God's hand and see no supernatural things. But we don't go out looking for a serpent. That's tempting God. But if you happen to be beaten by one, you don't have to be afraid that you die. It's the truth. 
He meant what he said. And if you read in Acts chapter 28, you read about important life. This is so important because God opened my eyes to see something here. You know, in Acts chapter 28, Paul was taken as a, 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 a prisoner and was being taken, transported to Rome. And then they had shipwreck close by the island called Malta. And in the company of Paul was Luke, the doctor, the physician, was with him. And, and, and they went, it was cold and rainy. And, and Luke reported to us, if you read in verse 2, he said, Luke said, the, the, the natives, the people of the island, uh, the island of Malta, he says, they, they treated us so kindly, unusual kindness. He said, they had towards them. They even made fire for them to, 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 to help them get warm. And Paul, he said, Paul, and I'm going to paraphrase, I'm not going to go back to the scripture, but he said, Paul gathered some sticks and put the sticks to, make, to help the fire. And because of the heat, a, a, a venomous snake came out of it, they call a viper, and, and, and immediately lashed on Paul's hand. And, and Paul was not alarmed. He said, Paul shook the snake, right? He shook the snake from his hand. With the heat, the snake couldn't bear it. Says, I got to let go. And the snake fell. And, and guess what? The people started watching Paul. He's going to die, they said. Maybe I should go back to the scripture. I'll read it then. <laughs> okay? Look, um, Acts 28, uh, 3 to 6. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because, the, because of the heat. And fasting on his hand. In other words, he beat him. Fasting on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, in other words, that thing would not let go. Okay? Paul was a real man, just like you and I. No different, but a believer. He says, so when, they na- when the natives saw the creature hanging on his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow he- for him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell or suddenly fall down and fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time, say with me, long time. And they waited for the man to fall down for a long time. They changed their minds and said that he was a god. They just see God in human form. This is amazing. In Exodus chapter 7 verse 2, the Bible tells us, God was saying to, uh, to Moses, I have made you a God unto Pharaoh. When we become Christians and we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, according to the word of God, Pharaoh is a type of Satan, Right? In the Old Testament, he held them in bondage. God makes us a God over Satan. That's why we can cast out his demons. But 
Open your eyes. What about Dr. Luke? Did Dr. Luke, was he alarmed? Did he run from whatever he was doing? Oh, Paul, let me treat you. No. He didn't move from what he was doing. They knew what Jesus had said. Amen? They knew what Jesus had said. The rest of them, no one was alarmed. They didn't gather around Paul. They let him be. He can handle it. They kept doing their stuff because they knew that scripture I just quoted. He'll take up serpents and suffer no harm. We don't believe that anymore. And we don't act on it anymore. We have lowered the standard. The people, because they will not accept, God is no longer doing it. It's not like when God was young and he was strong. Now God is no longer able to do these things because he has become the ancient of days. So God is not doing those things anymore. He retired. But God still does these things. We need to believe. And if we believe, it will be so. Be it unto you according to your faith. We don't dare go there. I said, well, a snake, I mean, Pastor, good luck, be careful. Now, you know, that was a snake. We really need to be reasonable. We need to go call a doctor. Dr. Luke was there. He did nothing. He didn't rush to help him. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm challenging you to believe God. That's how you can get God to begin to do work in your life. They were not concerned. But he also said, you drink deadly poison and, and suffer no hurt. Now, I'm not telling you to go look for poisons to drink just to prove that you are a real Christian. You'll die. Okay? God can help you, give his angels charge over you, but Jesus is not going to jump, right? He says, that's tempting God. Will God give his angels? Oh, yes. If it happens, they throw you down. God can give his angels and they can explain how you survived it. And that's the truth. You know, Angel and I were watching a pastor. I think he had a second wife or so. And she, I think they had, he had good insurance. And she decided he needs to die. So I get the money. And so she kept giving him poison. arsenic, right? She just kept giving him. He, he'll, he'll take the poison. He'll get sick. For no reason, they take him to the hospital. And then he'll get well. And he comes back. He says, he's, he's, he's not dying. So he, she increased the dose. And he'll get sick again. And they take him to the hospital. And he's about to die. But then he recovers. He comes back strong. And he says, this time she says, I'm going to kill him. So she put a large dose. And he got really sick. And the doctors couldn't find what was going on. And so they took part of his hair to find out what was going on. They said he had that thing in his system to kill two grown horses. He was still alive. A pastor of the gospel of Christ. Amen. Amen. When you believe the word, it works. When you believe the word, it works. The trouble is we are not willing to believe anymore. We want to dull it down. Everything is in, in our senses. We live by our five senses. But we walk by faith and not by sight. 
that's God's not cheating us from all our feelings. We live by faith. We walk by faith, not by our feelings. It's not how you feel. It's what God says. If you will only believe, that's what God said. If you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. You're here this morning. You can believe God and he will show up. You know what I've decided? God will not disappoint you. He watches over his word to perform his word. And when he sees you making, making it reasoning in your head, I'm going to try it. Guess what? You've got his attention. He's watching because he doesn't want you to step out and then fail. So he'll be there to carry you through so you can trust. Because he is faithful to his word. God is faithful to his word. He says, they shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Who? He who believes in me. Is that not what Jesus said? And this sign shall follow those who believe. How many believers do we have here this morning? If you are a believer, the signs are already following you. You just haven't tried them. Those signs are there for you. You, he didn't say, if those who believe in me and have been in church for 30 years and have learned everything that pastor has to teach. They, no, if you believe in me, these signs follow those who believe. That's how we change the world. That's how we transform them. It's really for them outside. When they are sick, ask, can I pray for you? You lay hands on them. Even if it's not instant, don't tell them, you know, God didn't heal you. But tell them, you know, go back home today. And by tomorrow morning, the pain will be gone. You spoke it. And God heard it. The angels heard it. And God's not going to disappoint. They wake up the next morning and they check themselves. And they're feeling good. And then God says, you remember that man prayed for you? That strange man prayed for you last time in the grocery shop. The pain is gone. Oh my God. He's right. The pain is gone. The next time he brings a list of prayer requests to you. That he wants you to pray about. You know it's funny. He says they shall lay hands on the sick. And the sick will recover. Recover means. It's not instant. Right? Recover means you are not going to die with the sickness. You will recover. You see, I find that in the house of God. When you pray for them, they're looking for some feeling. Okay? Will I feel electricity? And if there was no electricity, he says, uh, today's, today's gone. Tomorrow I'll come back. But he says, you shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Immediately, they want to check where is the pain is, and if the pain is still there, they believe God didn't do anything this time. We'll come back next time. That's why you're missing it. Just because you felt nothing doesn't mean God's abandoned his word. And he wasn't paying attention when you were being prayed for. He went on vacation when you were being prayed for by the pastor. No, he was paying attention. He knew exactly. And he knew to heal you. But his word is this, they shall recover. 
Whether it's cancer, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what you have. After you've been prayed for, you claim, according to his word, that God has healed you. And if the symptoms are still there, those are false symptoms. That's the way I call them. False symptoms, you're going to go away because pastor has already laid his hand and God cannot lie. Instantly, we want to check it. And we keep checking it. We want to check it. And that's where we're missing it. You remember Jesus told the ten lepers, right? Go show yourself to the priests. They walked first, ma, nothing happened. It is dangerous to go into the tab- tabernacle as a leper. You may not come back. You defile everything. But they didn't stop. They kept going. He gave his word, right? And so the word was true. So they kept going. And as they went on the way, they finally had manifestation. And they were healed. So one of the reasons, if you've been calling to God for your healing, you gave up right after prayer because the pain was still there. You gave up. But the scripture says, they shall recover. They shall recover. And if you're sick this morning, we're going to be praying for you. Prayer partners will pray for you and you will recover. What the Bible tells us is this. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, it says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance. In other words, just believe God's not going to lie. Full assurance means you you are confident that God will keep his word and he's going to keep his word. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope that God's going to hold. Don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let the feelings make you feel like God hasn't done anything. Don't let go. Stay with it. It says, don't let go. Hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. God will eventually come through for you. God will eventually come through for you. Just because you didn't feel anything, didn't mean God didn't act. Most times I prefer them not to feel anything. Because when the feeling goes, they assume, well, God didn't do it. So you feel electricity, so you always want to feel electricity. God doesn't walk through electricity. He created electricity. And he can create your body. Amen? Amen. He doesn't have to walk through electricity. Oh, I feel warm. That's good. But I want you healed. Amen. That's what you should get. Healed. God can do it. You know, in Acts chapter 26, verse 8, Paul asks this question. Why should it be thought incredible by you or anyone that God raises the dead? Why should you think it incredible that God can replace that liver that is diseased in you? Why should you think it's impossible that God can give you brand new eyes? He is God. Why do you think it's impossible that God can give you a brand new brain? 
Why? He is God. All we do is we limit him in our minds to what we know and we can't trust him. Why should you think it incredible that God raises the dead? You're not dead yet. Jesus raised Lazarus who had been dead for four days. His brain had become much. There was nothing there. I know we don't think about it, but Lazarus was decaying. If his body was decaying, smelling, I mean, he doesn't have any brain anymore. It's not like he didn't have oxygen for one hour. No, his brain was decaying. According to John chapter 11, we read these scriptures and then we say, how nice. No, but that's what God is saying, I am willing to do today. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if God, if God can heal a dead man's brain and his muscles that are decayed, toes, everything falling off, and he came out old, why can't God, who is the same, make you well today? You limit the Holy One of Israel by the way we think. He is able. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Why should you think it incredible that God can give you brand new eyes? It's God. And the Bible says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. All things are possible with God. And Jesus said, if you can only believe You know why we don't believe everything we've been taught? Everything that, I mean, nothing against doctors. God walks through them. Okay? It's good. They let us know what's going on. And maybe he can walk through the medicine as well. But it's good. But we can trust God. All good and perfect gifts come from God from above. Just decide, I'm going to live. I'm not going to die. I don't care what I got. Or something is bothering you. I'm going to kick this stuff out of my life. The thing is, most of us like to look at the things that we can see and feel. And that's what we like to talk about all the time. How I'm feeling. You know, I feel bad. I feel depressed. I feel this. (laughs) Can God change all of that? Yes. God can change it. God can change it. Just one prayer. God can change it. Right here this morning. We don't have to wait. God can make you well right now. The trouble is, like Jesus asked the man in John chapter 5, do you want to be made well? That's what Jesus said. (laughs) The man is, oh yes, I've been waiting for 38 years, sir. Do you want to be made well? That's what God wants. God wants to heal us. He died to make that possible. Let me say this. Healing is a part of the gospel. You can't preach... Forgiveness for sin and let go of healing for the body. It's not complete. That's not the way Jesus did it. That's why I know you can lay your hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Because that's what Jesus tells us. They are part part together. Jesus never preached without healing. He preached and he healed. 
Both times he, he did that. In Mark chapter 4, verse 23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and, can everyone say with me, and, and they go together, and means we put them together, right? And healing all kinds. How many kinds? All kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And he will heal your kind this morning. Amen. Whatever kind you have, he's included in the scripture. He'll heal your kind. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus sent his disciples. Just to let you know, you can't separate them. They go together. He said he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons. That she cast out demons. Always were able to do that. And to cure diseases. He sent them to do what? To preach the kingdom of God and what? And to heal the sick. You can't separate them. You can't separate them. They go together. That's why Paul says, I don't want you depending on my words of wisdom, human words of wisdom, but I want you depending on what the power of God is. And now the power, God is still God and he's still doing miraculous things today if we will believe him. Sometimes we get, and it's not our fault, everything that's going on, all the words, all these words from, from everywhere coming in against us and they're saying, did God say? Just like in the garden. Did God say, but how are you feeling? What do you think? As if what you think matters. That's what Satan's trick is. Did God say? He questions what God, what God is saying and then gets you to go away from it. And then when you go away from it, he clubs you. He's got you. We have to stay firm with the word of God. And then, in Luke, Chapter uh, 10, Jesus again sends out the, se- the 70 to cast out demons and to heal the sick. And when they came back, they were rejoicing. They were not only cast out and healed the sick, demons also were subject to them. I'd like, you to do some, I'd like to share something with you that is important. When Jesus sent his disciples out, he made sure... That, this is very clear because he said, I don't want you going to the Gentiles. Remember that? Don't go among the Gentiles. I only want you to go only among the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And I used to bother Gentiles. Why did he didn't like us? No, we wouldn't understand it. We wouldn't. He said, go among the Jews. And then he told them, I don't want you taking... Your money belt, no bag for money, okay? I don't want you having another jacket. You don't carry anything. Just go. Remember that? Just go. But even though they carried nothing else, every one of them had a vial of oil with them. Hey, can you hear? Can I hear an amen? They all had to go with that vial of oil. He sent them out, but they had to go with oil. Among the children of God. 
If I lay hands on you and you don't get healed, I'll pour the whole bottle of oil on your head. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he sent them out. And if you look in Mark chapter 16, I mean uh, chapter 6 verse 12, and he says, and they went out. Even though he told them not to carry anything, they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many devils and anointed with all. Say with me, anointed with all. They anointed with all many who were sick and healed them. So when they went out, they had the vial of all. When we are in the house of God, guess what we got here? Oh. For the children of God when he gets sick, okay? <laughs> and, 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 and you don't have to feel anything. In your, in your mindset, you say, Pastor, just put that oil here. After I've been touched by the oil, according to God's word, your healing has begun. You don't have to feel anything. Just believe that. And wait for it. Because this healing starts and God perfects it. you recover. That's what he did. Now, James chapter 5, verse 14. He says, Is anyone sick among you? Is anyone sick among you? Among who? Among the believers. Amen. Among believers. Is anyone sick among you? In other words, let's get rid of sickness. Can I hear an amen? Let's get rid of sickness from the house of God. Let's get rid of it. And what we got is anointing oil. And we got our hands to lay on people. He says, is anyone sick among you? Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. All they have to do is pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The prayer of faith will save the sick. If you are going to die, you will no longer die because the elders anoint you with, anointed you with oil. And pray the prayer of faith. In other words, they follow the word of God. The prayer of faith will save the sick. That's what the scripture says. And the Lord will raise them up. Instantly, no, they will recover. Can you get it there? The Lord will raise them up. Will means not instant. God's going to do it. He saves you so you don't have to die. God's done it and God's completed. When they put that oil on you, you may feel nothing. But if there is a God in heaven, and I know there is, if you believe, that work has started. If it was cancer in your body, the cells know we have been commanded to die. So all you cells, get ready. We are going to die. We have word from heaven that we are going to die. Amen. You may not be excited about it, but I am. Oh, yes. On Wednesday night, I make our congregation say to your body, cancer is not welcome here. And guess what? Bible says, decree a thing, it will be established. So we're decreeing it. So anoint them with oil and you'll recover. It doesn't matter how you feel. 
I want you living here knowing God cannot lie and your healing has begun. You will be healed. Otherwise, that book is no good. That's the truth. You will be healed. Is, is this is so important. God showed me some of these things. That's when I decided I don't have to worry. And I don't have to concern myself. I'll just pray for them. And guess what? He shows up big. He showed up big. I wasn't afraid of whether they are deaf. They told me, we're bringing our child tomorrow. Uh, he's deaf and he's come dumb. He can't speak. I am glad. Bring him. Because I preach the gospel. And when you preach, you preach and you hear. Yes. Now, I'd like to go back. I'd like to go back. Go back to uh, Acts chapter 16. Sorry, Acts chapter 28. Acts 28, beginning from verse 8. You know, after those people saw Paul, right? After they saw Paul, shake the... They said, he's got to be a God. I'm sure Paul convinced them, no, if I was a God, I wouldn't be suffering shipwreck, okay? And I wouldn't need fire to warm myself, okay? They don't understand that. But then they treated them well. And there was a guy there named Publius. He, he was well known in the place. He says in verse 8, and it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. <laughs> That's serious, right? He's using the, bath, the bathroom a lot. Hello? He was really sick. And Paul went in to him and prayed and laid his hands on him and what? And healed him. Did he say Jesus healed him or Paul did? I know, don't get religious on me. Paul healed him. Right? Why? Because Jesus gave him the authority to do it. And he can do it. Listen, can I see your right hand? These signs follow those who believe. They, not Jesus, they shall lay hands on the sick, not Jesus, and the sick will, what? Recover. So your hand can Make the sick well. Uh, the religious person says, well, yeah, uh, it was Jesus that did it. You know, I had nothing to do it. Did you lay your hand on the person? Yes, but it was Jesus. We know it's Jesus. You can't do it. We know you. Hey, hey, we know you. You don't have the power. Okay. We know it's Jesus, so don't get religious. It's like the girl who said, uh, just listen to the voice. I mean, the words of the song. Uh, I don't really have a good voice. And then she sang, and the man went and commanded her, oh, wow, well, the words were so beautiful. But sister, you sure can't sing. And she got mad. She got very angry. So don't pretend that you don't have the power because God has already given you the power to do it. So you lay your hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Why do we get healed? Give me a little bit of time this morning. Because Exodus chapter 23 says from verse 25, So you shall serve the Lord your God. How many serving God today? How many serving God today? So you shall serve the Lord your God, 
and he will bless your bread and your water. Guess what it says? God, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Because you're serving. He will take sickness away from the midst of you. You don't have to be afraid of it because it's not going to be part of your life. He'll tempt you, but you don't have to receive it. Because you're serving God. You're, you're serving your Lord. Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 16, it says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were sick or who were possessed with demons. And he cast out the spirit with a word and healed all who were sick. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled with that which was written by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and did what? He bore your sickness. He bore your sickness. Just as he bore your sin, right? Some people say, well, God put this sickness on me to teach me a lesson. Well, you can as well say, God put this sin on me to teach me a lesson so I can be free to, be sin, to sin until God chooses to free me from this sin. No pastor is going to say that. Why? Because Jesus bore your sin. But he also bore your sickness. And so you can get rid of your, your sickness if you want to be free. Amen? So, show me your right hand again. But not just your right hand. Put both hands up. <laughs> because see, those hands, based on the words of Jesus, are healing hands. They're ordinary. But God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things so that the world will know that he is God. You've never laid that hand on any sick person? Why don't you try it? And see what God does. I was told of a, you can put your hands down. I was told of a man or somebody that was in a store, prayed for the, uh, somebody that was uh, the cashier or something. And after they prayed, the people were watching. They saw that. Guess what? There was a line in, 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 in a shop. Like woman, a big line. I want my healing too, they said. So pray for me because they see the sign. Guess what? They will be in church on Sunday. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and for. Let's try it. I'm encouraging you to try it. And if you try, if it doesn't work, come and talk to me in my office. We'll talk. But this stuff works. Amen? This stuff works. And if you're sick this morning, God's going to heal you. So, first thing first, like I say, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the first thing to do is to receive him. And after you've received him, guess what? You can say, my hands are good now. I can pray for the sick. Amen. Okay, because you are a believer. So now everyone bow your head. Okay. <laughs> we got a lot of healing people here today. Bow your heads with me. If you're here and you say, well, 
I want to give my life totally to Christ. I, I believe what, I, what I'm hearing today. I want my sins forgiven. Uh, maybe I went to Christ before, but I really didn't mean it. But now I really want to serve him. If that's you today, at the count of three, please put your hand up and God will see that hand and God will hear from heaven and God will forgive your sins. One, two, three. Put your hand. I see that hand up. I see that hand back there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Put your hands down. We're going to pray a prayer of uh, forgiveness. Every one of us, please do this. All of you, say with me. Heavenly Father, especially those that raise their hands, please pray it from your heart. And God will hear you and your sins will be forgiven. Put away from you as far as the east is from the west. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for my sins. Lord Jesus, I receive you today into my life. I believe that you are the son of God, that you died, you were buried, and the third day, You were raised from the dead. Today, I receive you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together for this? God is received. Now I'm going to call for our prayer partners. Please come out. And if you're sick in the body, please come. Because God's going to instantly heal you.